It's time for Tycoons of Small Biz, spotlighting the true backbone of the American economy, the true tycoons of business in America, the owners, founders, and CEOs of small businesses. The show's hosts, Austin Peterson and Landon Mance, are registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker-dealer, member SIPC, and registered investment advisor. The views expressed by your hosts, Austin and Landon, are not necessarily the views of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Let's lean in as Austin and Landon connect with this week's Tycoons. Good afternoon, Tycoons, and welcome to today's episode of Tycoons of Small Biz. I'm here as always, Austin Peterson. I'll be your host, and I'm joined by the best co-host in the business, Landon Mance, coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada, as usual. And uh, today, we're actually going to test the powers of the internet because we're all three coming from three different locations. So Landon's in Las Vegas. I am uh, in, a, in a suburb of Salt Lake City this week in an Airbnb that uh, swears to me they have very strong Wi-Fi. So we're going to hope that that's true. And then we've got Eric Stoppers, our guest, coming to us from Medellin, Colombia. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me again, guys. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, we were just telling Daryl, our producer, that uh, that you're the first guest that we've had come back so far. We've talked about having some other guests come back, and we just haven't done and done that. And I think you were guests like three, four, five, pretty early on. So we're excited to kind of get uh, an update from you. But before we jump into to that, um, if if you're listening to this show for the first time, Tycoons of Small Biz is a radio program and a podcast that's put together by small business owners for small business owners. And the intent is to highlight small businesses that are out there doing incredible things in our, in our country and in our world. Uh, we truly believe that the small business owner is the backbone of the American economy. Landon and I are both small business owners. We own a business together. We own separate businesses uh, separately from one another. And then we also have parents and grandparents that were entrepreneurs. And so we feel that the small business community really runs through our blood and and we're excited to host this program. We're, we're right around 75 episodes, and, and uh, we feel like we're finally hitting our stride and, and getting things going. So we know that since we had you on the program the last time you've been on other podcasts, we're sure that they weren't nearly as good as ours. But we understand that we're not exclusive with you on, on the podcasting front, Derek, and we, we, uh, we're okay with that. Well, thanks for having me back. Um, I, I'm always happy to be invited to all podcasts. And I'm definitely excited to be the first to return. So it's great on my end too. Thanks for having me again, guys. Yeah, that's awesome. So for, for those of you who didn't, or you know, for those of our listeners who didn't hear your first episode, let's let's start by telling a little bit about you personally, kind of where you grew up, and then jump into you know how you got your start with BioAccelerator and and Biosciences America, and just you know we'll we'll jump in from there. Okay, yeah, perfect. So just to give you a, a little bit of background, uh, I'm a, a, an Arizona native, which for those of you that aren't that familiar with Arizona, there's not that many natives. Uh, we are a, a big metropolis. Uh, I think we're you know, maybe number five or six biggest city in the nation. I'm not sure. Uh, don't quote me on that. But um, we're a big metropolis of imports, mostly from the Midwest and the Pacific Northwest and places that probably don't have that great of a winter. And you know our winters are absolutely beautiful, um, but our summers are not. So I'm super, <laughs> super happy to be in uh, Medellin, Colombia right now, as you mentioned. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that, um, you know, because that's the main location of, of my business. But um, you know, so I, I'm an Arizona native, 
and uh, born and raised. I went to college in a smaller, cooler climate up in Flagstaff, Arizona, which was about two hours from Phoenix, where I grew up. I studied hotel restaurant management and small business administration. Uh, after college, I mostly was in the restaurant business because that's where I cut my teeth from job number one. Uh, I was a busboy at 15. I worked all the way through the restaurant, all through uh, high school, college, and then thereafter. Um, did some traveling around the country, opening up new restaurants, kept with the restaurant business at, at every single level and in, in every position. Um, after that, I transitioned into real estate and I found some success uh, selling homes and then moving into having portfolios of rental homes on my own and uh, putting together several successions of uh, real estate funds of single family home rental portfolios and ended up teaming up with, with a group that was doing it at a bigger scale than I was, taking that company public where I was the CEO of that company. That's where I had my first introduction to stem cell therapy. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm, I'm you know, just a business guy. But I was very enamored by not only my first conversation, but my 10th and my 5th and every little piece of um, self-education that was in between there regarding stem cell. I had a group that approached me to help them with some business endeavors and, and some um, international business development for their stem cell group. And when I found out what stem cell therapy could do, how many people it could help, and how it was literally helping now and not just the future of medicine, uh, I ended up transitioning and starting a company called BioAccelerator, where we are an advanced stem cell company helping many, many people through stem cell therapy. Yeah, I think that I think that's an awesome journey. And I know that when we had John, you know, a year or so ago, we we talked about how odd it was to go from, you know, restaurants and hotels to then real estate, which isn't that big of a leap, right? But then go from real estate to stem cell treatment. That's a big leap, right? Hugely. Yeah. yeah. Astronomical. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's a huge learning curve. And I think if we end up talking about, you know, my entrepreneurial prowess, which started long before the real estate business. Um, but you know, a lot of it has to do with the people that you surround yourself with. And I have brilliant people that are in this company. Um, but it was a long learning curve for just a business guy, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we talked to Dr. Halbert, right? Halpert, right before we went, uh, live. And so she's, you know, from the medical standpoint, she's definitely the brains behind the operation, but you know, for, for our listeners and really for the, for the general public, Give us a little bit of background on, you know, why you typically do this in Colombia, where things stand in the U.S. Because obviously you guys do some research and some things in the U.S. as well, but there are reasons that you're operating in Colombia. So kind of, you know, let's start there by filling in the listenership as to uh, why Colombia and, and what you're doing there. Okay. Yeah. Great question. Uh, because, it, you know, it, it's something that not even some of the best doctors in the United States are educated about. And that's the regulatory process in the United States. And, you know, first off, I, I want to say that, you know, when we're talking about these regulators like the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA is a fantastic organization. They're here to help the American people. They protect us. Um, they're, they have fantastic leadership. And um, uh, Janet Woodcock, the current commissioner, former commissioner Scott Gottlieb, all fantastic individuals. But what I would say is that they're regulations relating to stem cell therapy are a bit antiquated. They're, they're behind. They're just a little bit behind. They haven't caught up with the technology yet. Um, maybe that's no fault of their own. I'm not part of the inner workings of their board meetings. 
Um, but you know, from uh, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, now knowing that in the scientific community there is no debate that stem cell therapy is both safe and effective, and we're seeing it every day. We're treating patients. We're helping people every day. Um, we're we're getting people out of chronic pain, and and some of our patients would would say that we've saved their life on some level. But so we know that in in this community there's no debate. Unfortunately, there's a lot of debate in the United States on whether or not this should be fully legal, and it's not illegal. It's just not fully defined. So even though my company, BioAccelerator, is an Arizona-based company, our corporate office is there, my home is there, we unfortunately have to take the highest level science, which is all we do, the best science with the best results, the safest, most effective science. We have to take that offshore to help people. Um, and so that's what we did, knowing that there are other countries like Colombia that have taken a deeper dive and, and maybe had some more uh, thorough conversations about helping people in advanced therapies, we are able to perform some of these therapies here where we might not be able to do it in the United States. Yeah, so I've got a follow-up question of that because it, it's definitely not exclusive to stem cell, right? I mean, I you know, I'm wearing I'm wearing glasses. I've been tested for LASIK and and all those sorts of things. And you know, I I have a diagnosis of something that's called pellucid, and so I've got I've got an issue with my eye that is progressively going to get worse, right? So I've got an astigmatism, and that typically means that inside of your eye, there's you know, kind of like a figure eight deal going on with your pupil or your iris. I don't remember which, and it usually goes up and down, but mine goes side to side. Right. And so it can potentially lead to blindness at some point. Well, the LASIK surgeons that I met with said, there's a treatment that can fix this for you, but it's not approved in the United States. You'd have to go to Europe to get it done. So I know that it's not exclusive to stem cell. There are plenty of other things. So, and I know this is potentially just conjecture on your part, but why do you think that is the case in the United States? I know they're there to protect us, but why do you think we are? maybe behind the curve a little bit from a technology standpoint on some of these things. Yeah, you're right. I mean, some of it is certainly going to be conjecture. Like I said before, I'm not, a, I'm not privy to the inner workings of the FDA or the health and human services code um, lawyers who write the code. What I will tell you, and maybe I kind of turn the question back maybe to the audience to ask themselves, um, but we know now because of COVID, we know that the FDA can fast track these technologies. We know that it doesn't have to take 20 years to get through the clinical trial process. We know that if we can prove safety, maybe effectiveness might take longer, but we know we can prove safety. Uh, so in that case, why can't we get something passed through when we know that it's safe? We know that it's effective for a lot of indications, and we've just seen it be done in record time over the last year or so um, with this pandemic. So I, I, I would turn it back to the audience. One story that I'll tell that might help guide some of the people that are kind of on the fence, not understanding. Uh, to your point, Austin, is that it's not just stem cell therapy that people have to go offshore for. Um, but we had one of our patients here in Medellin, Colombia, that was being treated with us. And he happened to be a type 1 diabetic and he had run out of his insulin pens while he was here in Colombia. And so innocently, he went to a pharmacy and said, I need my insulin pens. Here's what I usually take. And he had an example of the, the exact pen. And the pharmacist gave him a, a bulk package of pens. 
And this individual was surprised because it was the exact same pens, the exact same company, the exact same quantity, but for a fraction of the cost. And I'm talking about a minor fraction. So it was like $68, whereas it usually costs him $800. Okay, so he innocently put this on Facebook and said, hey, look, friends, look what I, I've, I've got a score. I got it for $68 here when I have to pay $800 in the States. Facebook shut down. Shut down his account, banned him from talking about that, and, and uh, would not have let, let him get back on without not only taking down the post, but had a two-week or whatever, a month or whatever it was, a couple of week um, sanction. So, you know, I'm not against Facebook. Look, I've been on Facebook since day one. I still have an account. I, I love it. I contact my friends. And, and so this isn't about Facebook. It might be about the people that are advertising on Facebook because I can't do it. I can't do it with my company. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to your question, but those are hopefully some stories that help frame where, what the possibilities might be. Wow. That's, uh, that, that's interesting. Um, so maybe just in, in a further effort to help frame this, Eric, you know, when I, when I think about stem cell therapy, I, I, I envision this, you know, big machine arm shooting down this laser into someone's spine and, and just this really high tech, you know, futuristic procedure. Uh, and that's probably because I really don't have a clue as to what, what the actual procedure is. But tell us just at the base level, Eric, like what, what exactly is stem cell therapy? What, what, what includes, you know, what, what's included in the actual process and the procedure so that we can get some better context there, if you would. Yeah, perfect. So, you know, it is, you know, and I've used this term already in this podcast, it is some of the most advanced scientific technology on the planet right now. Um, it doesn't have anything to do with lasers, I'm sorry to report, um, but that sounds pretty cool. Uh, maybe we'll put that in our practice at some point. Uh, who knows what the future holds? But uh, no, it is it is an advanced therapy, but it is a science and it's not necessarily medicine, but it's the combination of that science and that medicine coming together. So that's you know another reason why it's very important to have a clinic that has both the science and the the brilliant medical doctors, as you pointed out. Dr. Halpert is one of the uh, one of the brilliant um, chief medical officers we have at the, at the company. But to get back to your question, stem cells are the master cell in our bodies. You have them. I have them. Everybody has them. They're essentially the building blocks of life. They're a cell that is able to self-replicate and continue to divide over time. But as we get older, as almost everything in life, um, as we get older, kind of slows down. Um, and those, the replication of those cells, those stem cells also slow down. Um, so what our company is able to do is, is essentially promote the expansion and the replication of those cells um, to help your body with immunity. So it, it helps promote um, and modulate the immune system. It helps promote healing. It helps promote regeneration. And we do that by using an outside source of some of the most pure, potent, and safe stem cells which are not to be confused with embryonic stem cells, uh, which is something that you know people that are just not aware of uh, how far the technology has advanced. Um, it's just a misnomer. So nobody really in, in the community is using embryonic stem cells anymore. Um, so there's really no controversy um, surrounded the sourcing of our stem cells, but we get them from the umbilical cord. So a healthy mom and a healthy baby 
go home and live healthy lives together. The mom donates that cord to a scientific company like ours, and we're able to help hundreds, if not thousands of people just from that single cord by taking those fresh, pure, potent, safe stem cells from the umbilical cord, doing some you know, high-level scientific work to that, and then injecting them into you know, people that, have, that are fighting disease or chronic pain or orthopedic issues or even neurological conditions. So yes. Oh, good. No, I, I was just gonna. I was just gonna ask: Is uh, the the umbilical cord? Uh, so, so people will actually donate those to your company. Is that correct? That's correct. Now, are there are there other are there other organs or other parts of the body where you can where you can obtain these, or is it just solely in the umbilical cord? Yeah, good question, Landon. So yeah, there there are other sources for these stem cells. The specific stem cells that we use are mesenchymal stem cells. You may hear hear them referred to as mesenchymal stem cells, depends on what part of the world you're from. Uh, But these mesenchymal stem cells are some of the most pure potent for what we are trying to treat, but they can be found at different sources. We get them from the best source. So like I said before, the most pure, the most potent, the most effective, the, the safest. However, you can uh, get them from your own body. So you can get them from either uh, adipose tissue, which is essentially fat deposits around your body, uh, or you can get them from bone marrow. And both of those procedures, uh, unfortunately, are somewhat invasive. So you'd either have to have a liposuction or uh, puncture your iliac crest uh, to suck out some bone marrow. Um, you know, so that part isn't fun. Um, but the, the truth is, is that you know, those cells have also been exposed to your environment your body for however old you are. Um, and if you're needing stem cell therapy, most likely, unless you're coming to us for longevity, um, which we have a lot of patients that do that just to, for general health and longevity. Um, but unless you're coming to us for just longevity, um, most likely you're trying to combat some type of ailment or degeneration. And in that case, the cells in your body have already been experiencing degeneration and trying to fight that and combat uh, either that chronic pain or neurological condition or autoimmune disease, and they have not been successful. So mm-hmm. using your own stem cells is, you know, in that case for us, it's just not the most effective way to go about the treatment. Yeah. So one of the one of the ailments that that you guys treat pretty regularly, and I, and I think you know the the general public is aware of this terminology now, mainly because of the NFL, but CTE is way more common in our military veterans, right? So talk to us a little bit about what you guys are doing specifically with CTE and, and with our military veterans, because as you know, from being on the show and just knowing Landon and I individually, we're big supporters of, of veterans. And so we'd love to hear about what you guys are doing there. Yeah, it's something that's close to my heart. Um, I wasn't a, a military guy. I have military family. Um, but you know, one of the things that we see, and, and look, the, our, the veterans, um, not only in, in the USA, but all over the world, the veterans and their families have done so much to sacrifice um, for our great country and for many others. And so, you know, I'm, I'm really pleased to have my company, BioAccelerated, be in a position where we can help give back. And we're doing that through pioneering a potential treatment for CTE. I, I don't want to overstate the facts. The truth is, is that CTE is so new vastly misdiagnosed and, and misunderstood. Um, you know, we don't know if it's going to be an effective treatment. We think it is, 
because it, it seems to have some results in the treatment of traumatic brain injury, which is essentially the same uh, in a, maybe a more mild case with um, CTE. Um, but back to your point, yeah, so our veterans are experiencing mild concussions, sometimes on a daily basis, and that's without even seeing combat. You know, these guys are out there training with, um, you know, mortars and, and you know, just, just big caliber rounds uh, and doing it very often, you know, maybe every day, several times a week, whatever it is. Uh, and that's mild concussion every time, you know, they're firing. And that's, again, setting aside any combat. But God forbid these guys that are seeing real action, uh, they're, they're experiencing a lot of concussions, which, you know, we know because of the NFL, as, as you guys pointed out, has gained a lot of attention because of CTE. And, you know, these guys are, these guys are experiencing symptoms that mimic PTSD too. So they're now they're being misdiagnosed as just, uh, you know, they, they saw some action. It's PTSD. It's a psychological condition, uh, which automatically kicks them out of a lot of medical programs and gets them into a psychological program, um, which sometimes they need the combination of both. And so our company is pioneering a technique with stem cell therapy uh, that we do for neuro other neurological conditions. And it's an interthecal application of mesenchymal stem cells, which passes the blood-brain barrier because it's um, you know, going into the spinal column. And it, you know, it seems to be something that's effective with other indications. So our hope is that over the long term, we will help some of these folks with CTE. Um, a lot of our athletes are getting this treatment right now. We have a lot of veterans that are doing it. We are actually, you know, in a position to where we're we're giving some of these treatments to veteran organizations that send us uh, candidates, uh, you know, that, that are in the military and in need of our services. Yeah. So a couple of follow-ups to that. One, you used a term that I'm not familiar with, intrathecal. I'm not sure what that means. So maybe you can define that first. Yeah, it's a it's a, a slightly more invasive procedure than uh, our other typical uh, interarticular intramuscular applications. But basically, interthecal is a spinal column injection, which helps pass the stem cells through the blood brain barrier. Now, that might sound you know a lot more invasive to you and I or people not in the medical profession. But the truth is, is this is done every day. It's the same type of procedure that women get uh, when they're getting an epidural. So, you know, it's not dangerous. It's safe. It's something that uh, we do very effectively. But what I would say is that, um, you know, there may be other clinics out there that are also doing this, but it's very important to have the right specialist doing this. So we have two neurosurgeons that are on our staff that do these procedures. We don't have general doctors doing them. We don't have uh, anybody that is, you know, maybe not specifically trained for this, but it is, you know, it's, it's very safe and it, it's effective in passing the blood brain barrier, which is important. Gotcha. And then the last question, and you may or may not know the answer to this off the top of your head, but, you know, my understanding is for CTE to truly be diagnosed, it's post-mortem, right? It's slicing the brain open at that point to, to verify that that's the case. Is, do you know of anything that is out there today that's helping it to be diagnosed earlier to know for sure that's what it is compared to any, any other diagnosis? Yeah, you're absolutely right that there's no true diagnosis until post-mortem. But what I think some of the people that are studying this field very closely, um, like the Almond Clinics that do uh, brain mapping and imaging and uh, you know other organizations that are focusing in on this, um, they start seeing some of the symptoms, as I was mentioning, that mimic things like PTSD. 
So um, not just depression, but light sensitivity, um, dizziness, um, you know, all, all sorts of, you know, specific indications that would kind of give you an idea that it's more of a neurological condition. But the truth is, is no, we can't really diagnose it. So that's why I was pretty specific about saying, we don't know if it's a treatment because we can't even diagnose it really until postmortem. So the thought behind it, the science behind it is that we know that uh, neurological, uh, other neurological conditions or traumatic brain injury can see positive outcomes with stem cell. So our hope is, is that because CT is, you know, mimicking a lot of those symptoms that it's on the, the same level, but it's too soon to tell, to be honest. Eric, when you, when you say uh, positive outcomes, help us, help us understand what, what that means. And maybe as you lead in, into that uh, answer, you could tell us about, um, you know, what some of the people that are coming out and visiting your, your clinic out there, you know, uh, maybe just share with us a couple of ailments or reasons or issues that people are dealing with that would want to, you know, um, have them come out and visit you out there. Uh, maybe you can just kind of transition into the, uh, the, the former, uh, from that. Okay. Yeah. So the good thing about stem cell therapy is that it has a lot of benefit for many indications. So we can treat effectively many autoimmune diseases. We can treat neurological conditions, as I mentioned before. Um, but I would say what we treat the most and what we specialize in, maybe it's something that uh, sets us apart from other clinics globally, is orthopedic issues, but specifically spine and disc issues. Um, again, we have top-level neurosurgeons uh, that specialize in spine, so we're able to do that, whereas I think a lot of other clinics are not. But So I would say that that's what we specialize in. We are fortunate to have a lot of traction in the professional athlete universe, essentially, and that it crosses all sports. So we have you know, guys that are current NFL players. We have former guys like Jim McMahon, who we've talked about maybe on the, uh, the last podcast. We have uh, essentially anybody who either has a current belt, a championship belt in the UFC or Bellator or has been a runner-up or is in the top five or 10, those are pretty much our patients. You can throw a rock and, and hit one of our patients. Um, so you know, high-impact athletes like NFL and UFC, those guys come to us. We're fortunate to, you know, to have a lot of um, success treating those type of orthopedic issues for high-level athletes. But really, the bulk of our patients are the baby boomers, the aging population, you know, regular guys like you and me that uh, maybe want to stay out on the golf course, you know, without having a, a, a nagging hip issue or a knee, uh, maybe want to be, be out there playing tennis or, you know, guys that just want to keep uh, playing with their kids, you know, and, and, and don't want to feel like a grandpa instead of a dad. So those are, you know, the bulk of our patients. But, you know, again, what we specialize in, I think, is that other clinics don't is the spine and disc treatments. I wanted to say that we've just come through a worldwide pandemic, but we're definitely not all the way through yet. We keep seeing spikes and you know whatever, but I think the worst part of it is over. And maybe I should knock on some wood to you know to make sure that that's actually the case. But with what you guys do in the medical field, specifically being what's the word I'm looking for the you know, like a cosmetic surgery or whatever, what, whatever the term is that I'm thinking of there where elective, you know, you're, it's an elective type of a procedure that 
that's done. A lot of the times, I'm, I'm guessing it's not covered by insurance and so forth. So we've had conversations about this. So I know that early on, this had a pretty big effect on your business. I'd love to hear you talk through what you did during that period of time that brought you to where you are today, because we also know that you have plans for expansion that are coming up, pretty aggressive expansion plans. So talk to us about how you came through that to where, you know, it really, it was white knuckling it there for a little bit to now where you are and, and what the plans are for the future. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've been digging into the business part and especially coming into, you know, February and March of, what was that, 19 when COVID was, you know, starting to to really be a global pandemic and shut down the globe. Uh, but there was some white knuckle moments for sure. You know, you could, uh, there's many other ways we could describe that that would be appropriate, but yeah, it was one of those, those tough, you know, tough uh, reflections of our business because there was a major problem in the sense that we are, as you mentioned, somewhat of an elective surgery because, you know, a lot of the, uh, most all, all of our treatments are not covered by insurance, unfortunately, not yet. Um, but so people have to pay a lot of money out of pocket. They have to travel to Medellin, Colombia. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Medellin has not had the best reputation with U.S. you know U.S. citizens because of you know what we see on Netflix and um, all the the true parts of the history here, which are 30 years ago and long in our rearview mirror for those of us that know and love Colombia. Um, but so you know, you you had to travel, which was now shut down because of the pandemic. You had to spend a lot of money out of pocket with really no guarantee, like any other medical treatment on the planet, but there's still no guarantee that you're just going to have the best results and it's going to be fixed, just like surgery, just like drugs, just like any other medical treatment. Um, but so that, you know, that made people pause, push a pause button, even on their chronic pain, people that were suffering and had finally made the mental decision to not suffer anymore and try something that was elective and experimental like stem cell therapy. And that made them push the pause button. So that, that, that affected our business dramatically. We were essentially shut down for six months out of that 2019 year. Luckily, we had built enough credibility and reputation in the space uh, to where people knew that we weren't a fly-by-night organization like you know, some of the other stem cell companies you see popping up. You know, there were people that they trusted either in the medical community or you know, maybe some of the professional athletes that they saw on our website or YouTube channel. Uh, that gave uh, you know our patients some some ability to trust our company and go ahead and get on our schedule and wait six months until we open, and we were very fortunate for that. Uh, I'm blessed to you know to have that be a part of my business um, because I know there's a lot of businesses out there that didn't you know have that same fate and unfortunately didn't make it through COVID. But I'll also put a lot of that back onto our staff and who we are, you know, as from a cultural standpoint, um, you know, we have you know, some of the most brilliant doctors on the planet, um, some of the best medical practitioners, whether it's the nurses or technicians or, or our PhDs in the laboratory or our, our master level technicians, uh, all the way down to our receptionist is, you know, we call each other BioX family, but it's, it's also, that's including our patients. And so we, I think we've kind of built a reputation of being, um, you know, very caring. Uh, much more so than you would see in the typical doctor's office clinic setting in the United States, and so I thought that I think that bought us a lot of a lot of credibility, I guess, or uh, you know, just allowed us to stay in business when some companies didn't. So, luckily, here we are; we're doing very well. And yeah, as you mentioned, 
uh, we're, we're expanding pretty rapidly because we want to help as many people as possible. Eric, just before we uh, get into talking a little bit, a little bit more about your expansion plans, because we certainly want to hear about that. Speaking of, of your guys' reputation, we know that what, what you guys are doing, it, it's not just the procedure. You guys really are creating an experience for people that come out and that engage your guys' company to do stem cells. So talk to us a little bit about that and how you, um, how you really create this world-class experience for these people that are, that are coming out and doing these procedures with, uh, with you guys. Another great point. I, I appreciate you bringing it up because I, and I, I should have earlier, I guess I'm not as good of a sales guy as I used to be, but thank you for, for helping me there. So the, I, I mean, the point that you're making is that it's maybe not like other stem cell companies that just say, yeah, come on down to Mexico or, you know, if you want or whatever, and we'll inject you and then we'll put you back on the plane. This is an experience. It is a lot of our patients consider it a wellness vacation. They have, they, we have people that have shot videos calling this a wellness vacation uh, we have celebrities that have called, you know, called this uh, breaking the code to recovery uh, on their wellness vacation. So it is that we try to encompass an experience, not just uh, injecting stem cells. So we do other ancillary and supportive therapies leading up well before the trip and then also continuing after, but certainly during the trip. So while people are here in Colombia, uh, they are going to be, you know, white glove service taken from the airport into our hotel. I call it a, a medical tourism compound because essentially as you arrive to the hotel, you never have to leave the roof, the same roof. If you don't want to, if you're not adventurous, you can go right from the hotel into a five-star mall that has every amenity, pretty much every store that you would ever uh, need to shop at. If you forgot, you know, a toothbrush to needing to buy a whole new wardrobe. It's at your fingertips and disposal. And then it has, uh, you know, 50 or more than 50 of some of the better restaurants here in Medellin. It's not like a typical food court that you would see in the United States. These are good high-end restaurants. Uh, and then that goes directly into our clinic. So the medical tourism compound is, is an experience in and of itself. But then we also add and layer in some of the supportive therapies like bioregulatory uh, medication to pre-treat people's bodies and, and get their, um, get their uh, proliferation of cells already started before we start injecting higher doses of stem cells. And we also help you know, pr prepare their bodies for those injections of uh, large injections of stem cells. Uh, we also do things like hyperbaric chamber and we're, we're continuously adding to the protocol. So there's a nutrition program. Uh, there's all these other ancillary and supportive therapies. And on top of that, you know, we, we have it be kind of a wellness vacation experience. So you'll go to a, a high-end spa here in the hotel and, um, you know, have a, a deep tissue massage or depending on whether or not they're an athlete or what type of ailment they'll, they're being treated for, um, that will dictate what kind of massage they'll get. Uh, but then there's also some trips in and around Medellin that we take our patients to the, the more adventurous patients. And it's super safe here. Uh, but, you know, some people just don't want to leave the hotel and that's okay too. But yeah, so we, we have it uh, as more of an experience and a wellness vacation than just a therapy. And the truth is that my last point on that uh, subject is that the truth is a lot of people after they've done it once, they want to continue to come back because it's a vacation destination that let's be honest, people don't usually choose. It's not on the top of their bucket list uh, to come to Medellin for, um, 
you know, for a vacation. But once you get here and you see that the climate is perfect, I mean, literally all year round, it's 72 to 82 degrees. Um, so the city's beautiful. It's very clean. The people are very welcoming. Uh, and there's really cool things to do around the city. So it is a vacation destination, actually. Um, and, and our patients love that about our experience. And you can do it for the same price as getting stem cell in the States. Higher level stem cell vacation experience for about the same cost. Well, I've never been to Colombia, but I, I know people that have traveled there. And the, the consensus seems to be that Colombia is just an absolutely incredible, beautiful place to visit with, like you mentioned, some of the friendliest people that you'll ever meet. I've been to I've been to some neighboring countries, you know, but I've never actually been to uh to Colombia, but uh, yeah, it's it's on my list for sure. So, all right, so let's change gears just a bit. You know, you you've got plans to expand, and typically, when a company is expanding, it is as it is a, a result of of demand, right? So, uh, which translates to your your company's probably probably doing okay. So, talk to us a little bit about just where you know. Where the company has has uh, has gone in the last eighteen months, and then talk to us about you know what your expansions plans look like and where are you going and why, and certainly speak to your expansion plans when it comes to the U.S. because we're we're all living here, so we're curious about what that looks like. So I guess going back to you know what it's like to be an entrepreneur it's typically like you know getting slapped in the face a couple times a week if not every day um but it's problem solving right and so we are fortunate right now to be solving a problem of demand um and i i'm again i'm blessed to be in that position so right now our clinic is booked up through march uh and and that is a problem because we have people right now that need our services right now that are in chronic pain that are finally educating themselves on stem cell. They're finding out that the stuff in the United States is probably not going to be good enough for them. Uh, and so they, they know they have to come to a company like mine. Um, and there's very few of us out here in the, the world right now that are doing the high level science. Um, you know, we're not the only clinic, but there's a few, um, not many. And so there's a lot of demand for this high level science. And we're fortunate enough to be in that position, as you point out. So, you know, we are trying to solve that problem. Uh, we, you know, saw that coming and have been building out a new facility here in Medellin that's going to give us about quadruple the space. So, you know, we hope that that will satisfy some of the demand in the short term and, you know, not have people that are deciding to go to a, another company, uh, you know, because our wait list is too long. But that is a short-term fix. Uh, so, you know, we are also in negotiations with uh, other local, um, in either investors or also government entities, especially the regulatory entities in, uh, you know, in, in countries in the, the Middle East and uh, Australia and, and Europe, uh, really everybody needs this. And so we have a lot of people that are contacting us wanting to put bioaccelerator in their country, um, you know, to help their people out. So, you know, we're fortunate to be in those type of negotiations. But also to your question, uh, you know, the, the U.S., the citizens of the U.S. that aren't adventurous enough, can't afford it, uh, don't have access to it, uh, or the ability to travel to a, a place like Colombia, which, by the way, is only three hours from Miami. So it's, it's not a terrible trip. But, you know, a lot of our patients are unfortunately in, not in good shape. Uh, so sometimes travel 
is not really available. So we do have a model that we are going to be rolling out in 2022 uh, called BioX Health. Uh, most likely the first location is going to be in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, with a couple others probably right behind it. Uh, that's going to allow our patients, our local patients, to start some of those pre-treatment therapies that we you know, kind of uh, just started discussing as a part of our overall protocol, you know, our, our ancillary and supportive therapies. You know, I, I think that will be a, at least a good start to penetrating the U.S. Unfortunately, we are still going to be in the same position from a regulatory standpoint where you know, we can't do the highest level science in the United States until the FDA gives us the thumbs up. Just before Austin jumps back in here, um, so just so we, we understand what, what, that, what that means. Now, because it's not FDA approved, that means that you cannot do it at all, or that just means that people will shy away from it too much because it's not FDA approved or just help us understand what, what that, what that means in regards to your business. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's dig into it because there's, there's a lot there to unpack. Um, right now, the FDA under a health and human services code, uh, and I believe it's part one, two, seven, one, but don't quote, quote me on that, but it's a health and human services code that was put into act, uh, you know, maybe 30 plus years ago when bone marrow transplants were something that were very effective especially in the, the treatment of um, you know, cancers, uh, blood-related cancers and that kind of thing. So that, in that regulation, it says that you can, and this is a regulation that, that uh, oversees cellular-based compounds and, and tissues um, and, and tissue transfer. And so within that code, you are able to do, within the same surgical procedure, a tissue transfer, cellular transfer, um, without what they're calling more than minor manipulation. And without defining that term, minor manipulation, great high-level scientific organizations like ours can't, we, we don't know what that means, number one. But the truth is, is that the, the science has advanced so far past anything that I think anybody reasonable could, could consider to be minor, then that leaves us a lot of gray area. Now, there are companies in the United States that are playing right in that gray area, and they're, they're going for it. Now, they're, they're not doing the highest level science. They're, they're doing the bone marrow and the adipose extractions, which are essentially just repurposing your own old deficient cells um, and, and seeing results. By the way, that doesn't mean that it's, it's, I'm not saying that's snake oil. I'm not saying that they're not getting results, um, but it's typically results for people that haven't really experienced major degeneration or major autoimmune disease or, or major neuro neurological conditions. Um, you know, we kind of call it stem cell light um, because it is stem cell. It does work. It has some efficacy. But, you know, if you're really, really looking for the highest level results, you're going to have to go into, you know, more high level organizations like ours where they do things like culture expanding the stem cells, which is essentially uh, purifying and manipulating and multiplying those cells to be hundreds and millions of times more effective than if we were just to repurpose your cells. Um, but there's another thing that's happening in the US where there are great laboratories that are doing great scientific work in stem cell therapy, maybe even using mesenchymal stem cells from the Wharton jelly umbilical cord like we do. Uh, the problem is, is that if that laboratory is not connected and functioning with that same 
application process. So the doctors and the scientists working together in conjunction, then there's a disconnect. There's a major disconnect in between those two modalities. And when that great laboratory sends their potentially great cells all the way over across the city or across the state or across the country to great doctors, there's a lot that happens in between that shipping process. Um, and, and not not just the logistics, but there's many, many pieces of the scientific protocol that have to go perfectly for those cells to be viable. And when they're in control, you know, when they're they're being controlled by FedEx or um, you know, or or people that are not PhDs in microbiology or or um, you know, maybe even just a, a receptionist in the medical doctor's office, and and not being put in the the storage, uh, the the freezing facility perfectly, not being reactivated with the right reagents perfectly. Uh, there's just so many so many places that things go wrong. That in most of the community's testing of this process, most of the cells are not viable by the time they actually get applied to the patient. So. Right now, there, you know, I agree with the FDA. There needs to be a lot of regulation, a lot of oversight, uh, a lot more definition into this industry. But right now, there's just there's a lot of gray area. One last question: any any insight to when you know that they could make any meaningful progress on this? The good news is is that Congress and the FDA seem to be seem to be agreeing that there needs to be some type of legislation that allows things like compassionate use, which is something that's uh, you know legitimate and, and available now. So people at the end of life, people that have tried everything first, and they're essentially reaching a death sentence stage, uh, can try things like stem cell therapy legally uh, in the United States. Um, but in most cases, um, you know that those it's not available to most people. So the uh, the legislation that has been passed recently is the 21st Century Cures Act, and that allows uh, maybe a fast track to some regenerative medicine protocols. Um, but the truth is, is that we're still a long way away. So my insight is that it, it's no, it's not anytime soon, because I think first we're going to have to clear out the field of potential bad actors, and some of them are just not understanding that they're they're doing things inappropriately. They just you know, doctors are not scientists and scientists are not doctors. And if they're not communicating perfectly, then the right hand does, isn't talking to the left. Hey there, Tycoons. Austin Peterson here, host of Tycoons of Small Biz and co-founder of Backbone Planning Partners. If you're listening to the program and you're wondering how you could also be a guest on our program, please reach out to us at backboneplanning.com. We'd love to have a conversation with you to see if it's mutually a good fit to have you on the program. And also, if you're thinking about your business and what we do at Backbone Planning Partners, and helping our business owners to plan for their biggest asset, that being their business, and want to understand what it's worth and how that's beneficial to you in your financial planning journey, please also reach out to us at backboneplanning.com and we'd be happy to provide a no obligation, informal valuation of your business. We look forward to hearing from you and thanks for listening to the show today. So we were talking about the FDA and their their involvement and you know the the approval process and knowing that it that it can be fast tracked, but the way our country works, not, not not saying it's right or wrong, but there's lobbyists that are typically out there lobbying for certain things in different industries. Right now, 
your industry, by all accounts, is not humongous like a lot of industries out there. So, I mean, what's in place, if anything, to make sure that this is in front of the right people who ultimately can push this forward from a fast track standpoint? I would love if some of the people in our industry, you know, some of my colleagues or even some of our competitors, if we could get together and you know, start working together and being stronger together, I, I think there's an argument to be made that we could start taking on some of these battles. But the truth is, is that our industry, as you point out, is at its infancy. We are small. We're mostly in this business to help people. And that's our focus. And luckily, we do it every day, and we're we're very happy doing it. You know, the, the best part of my day is when patients call me or text me or or somebody in our organization and are, are crying and thanking us for saving their family member or them you know their, themselves. Um, and so that keeps me busy enough and, and focused enough to continue growing my business and, and focusing on the business and, and not getting too far sidetracked on on the entire industry. I would love to help the industry. But as you point out, there are lobbyists that are being paid millions, if not hundreds of millions, tens of millions of dollars for big companies that I can't compete with, that I'll never compete with, um, that are lobbying, you know, in some cases for great reason. You know, again, pharmaceuticals are miracles. They're necessary. Drugs uh, and and surgery are necessary. Uh, You know, I, I would argue that they shouldn't always be the first thing prescribed. Um, you know, maybe a, a last resort in some cases, but those are again, you know, th- those aren't my battles to pick. So, yeah, I think it. I think it's tough, you know, as somebody who does what what you do and an organization like you guys have that is so passionate about helping people, but you can only do what you can do, right? I mean, we all know that the the fraction of the population that can travel to Medellin that can pay the fees that have to be paid to be able to have it done, whether they can do it from a you know financial standpoint or from a health standpoint to get to Medellin compared to if you had one right down the street from where they live, you'd be able to help more people, right? I mean, we're all in business. We're all trying to make money as well. And you know, whether it's provide a return to investors or our own pockets or whatever the case may be, but the, at the heart of it, and Landon and I know this because we know you personally, at the heart of it, it's about helping people who are in chronic pain or who have other things going on inside of their bodies that this treatment can help. Yeah, I, you know, I, I go back. We haven't even talked about our most severe patients, but we, have, we, we help spinal cord injury patients. And so typically, these are people that have been living a full and fruitful and normal life and have had some major trauma. Now, this isn't all the cases, but this is a lot. Some major trauma that immediately changes their life forever, where they're now bound to a wheelchair. A lot of them are quadriplegics, paraplegics, whatever. Um, you know, but these are people that are are in severe in a severe state for many many reasons, um, and we are able to change their lives dramatically. Now, I'm not saying we're getting people out there running marathons or anything like that. Um, but what I will say is that these people go from, like I said, a regular life to something where they're bound to this wheelchair. So now they're prisoners in their own body, but they want some level of dignity still. And a lot of times we can give that to them by, uh, by stem cell therapy, allowing them, you know, changing their ability to control their bowel 
and their bladder control. So now they don't have to have 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week care and somebody going into the restroom with them every time they have to go. Um, you know, we have a patient named Dustin Bunch who was a quadriplegic because he he dove off his boat like he did it every day or every year uh, for 20 years. And the lake happened to be shallow this year. And, and he suffered a spinal cord injury and was a quadriplegic. Um, during his first trip here, Medellin, uh, I happened to be here at the time and, and uh, was speaking with him and his family. And he said, you know, I have a young daughter. All I wish is that I could hold her again and not have really no, not have any contact with her. Um, and so after three or four treatments, we now have Dustin out there moving his hands, holding his daughter, eating by himself, going to the bathroom by himself, helping transition, you know, around in his chair, um, you know, driving his chair now instead of driving it with his mouth. Um, so he's got a level of dignity that he didn't have before. And these are, there's many, many, many patients like this around the world that are around, you know, in the United States, they can't travel to Medellin. They're too severe or they don't have the wherewithal. And, and so, and that's just one small sector of people that we can help if this was legal in the U.S. And I would love for that to be the case, but it, it's just not. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that I think that's the hardest part, right? And, and as the industry grows, I think it'll have more opportunities, but it's, it's tough for you as the CEO of this company to sit there and wonder, what can I do to get more involved to help push this industry forward as a whole? You know, with, with what Landon and I do for, for a living, we're part of associations that lobby on behalf of our industry. Right. And we go and we sit in meetings with other people who are technically our competitors. Right. But we're talking about moving the industry forward, which is exactly what you want to do and, and what really kind of needs to happen in many, if not all industries. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, there's some great people in this industry. You know, we are we consider ourselves pioneers and, and we are. Um, but there have been people uh, ahead of us. Um, that are doing a good job and have made some some headway in you know talking to the right people in in government. Um, it's just it, it's an uphill battle, and there's a lot of factions fighting against us for, in my opinion, not great reasons. Do you think that stems originally from the embryonic stem cell argument that was out there, and people you know being up in arms about that and thinking that it's you know a, a moral issue? I mean, that, that plays into it in the sense that, you know, in the early 2000s with uh, George Bush and, you know, him making some speeches specifically about the sourcing of stem cells and, and pointing towards some an unethical sourcing of embryonic stem cells. Uh, you know, that certainly got people that are, that are, you know, just watching the news and, and haven't educated themselves about it since 2000. Um, you know, they, that might stick in people's head. But, you know, the truth is, is that anybody that, that uh, you know, wants to educate themselves on about it, 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 it would take two seconds to clear that up. So, you know, the, the short answer is yes, you're probably right. That had something to do with it, um, but not in the scientific community. No, that, that actually was a good thing for us. It, it took what, you know, people were focusing on, which was embryonic stem cells and moved into what we found to be a, a more pure, potent, uh, safe stem cell to use like the mesenchymal stem cell. Cool. All right. Well, we're coming up to the end here. And I know that you guys are very active on social media, YouTube channel, that sort of thing. So let's uh, tell the audience where they can find out more about stem cell treatment in general and, and bio accelerator. 
Yeah, very cool. Um, so our website is bioaccelerator.com, B-I-O-X, and then cell urator, cell urator, bioaccelerator. Um, but it, it's it's right back there if you can't see it. But um, we have a really good YouTube presence, uh, Instagram presence. Um, you can see a lot of our testimonials on biomen.org uh, and then all over YouTube and, and uh, all so- social media platforms. So I would encourage you to check us out. If it's not our company, then, you know, I, stem cell therapy is, is uh, great for a lot of indications. So you know, thanks for the opportunity to get in front of your audience and uh, anything we can do to help, we'll, we'll certainly try to do it for your patients or for your audience. Well, clearly, Eric, uh, what you're doing is working because you look about five to eight years younger than you did uh, 16 months ago. So, uh, well, hey, Eric, we really appreciate you coming back on. It's uh, it's really cool to just track and, and see the progress that you guys are making. And we're, we're rooting for you. We hope that uh, you're able to set up shop officially and offer those treatments here in the U.S. Uh, sometime in the near future. And uh, yeah, let's have you on a third time next year. Good. I'm, I'm ready to be the, the first to be the third. So. <laughs> I thought Landon was going to take that opportunity to point out the fact that I'm 13 days older than you, and I look about 13 years older than you. So uh, I don't know about that. It's, uh, <laughs> I promise you, I'm not using a filter. I appreciate you guys are making me blush. You know, I'll take it. I'll take the compliments at my age all day long. Uh, all right. <laughs> One final wrap-up question, Eric: Can a bald man partake in stem cell therapy to regrow his hair? So now you're just being mean to Austin, and I know this because we've <laughs> talked about it before. Uh, we have a lot of our patients, so you know, a lot of our professional athletes come down here for an orthopedic treatment, but their wives end up doing face and hair. And I'll be honest, I've done some of that myself. But so face and hair is an effective treatment, uh, but there is a caveat: you have to have a hair follicle left to regrow. And so the term bald, you get to the shiny bald state where there's no follicle left. No, I'm sorry. I can't help you. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I guess there is a little shine up there, isn't there? (laughs) All right, Eric. Well, thanks again for coming on, man. Really enjoyed the follow-up conversation. And uh, yeah, we look forward to tracking your continued success. Thanks for everything you guys do for our company already. And thanks for putting me in front of your audience. I appreciate it. Good seeing you guys again. You too. You're welcome. You've been listening to Tycoons of Small Biz, proudly hosted by Austin Peterson and Landon Mance. Austin and Landon are comprehensive financial planning professionals specializing in financial, estate, and succession planning for small business owners. Austin and Landon have offices in Scottsdale, Arizona, and Las Vegas, Nevada, and represent clients in 14 states throughout the country. Join Austin, Landon, and the Featured Tycoons live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. right here on Business Radio X and your favorite podcast platform.